Hmm. Have you ever wondered what it might feel like to be 44 years old, have two young children, to be married for over 10 years, to have three older siblings, many nieces and nephews, but no living aunts and uncles. Your father having passed 16 years ago and your mother going home to be with the Lord as she said she wanted to do a year and a half ago. Have you wondered what it would feel like to be all of those things and to on top of that be a professional performer that because of life circumstances and not having family or friends around that are able and available to watch the young children. Now is in transition of how to be a vessel and use the gifts that she was given and to do the work that she knows she was born to do but is also now called to be present for her children. Hmm. Well, that's me. And it often feels very, very lonely. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child, a long way 
from home, a long way from home. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. Oh, sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost gone. A long way from home. A long way from home. You see, I spoke to my mother every day of my life. (laughs) It didn't matter if I was at college. Um, I do remember when I was... At summer camp, sometimes um, I actually would go to camp when I was right, maybe probably 13 or 14. I started going to summer camp in Maine and in Vermont. And, and yeah, you know, I wasn't <sighs> talking to her every day then. But when I was older, you know, out of out of the home and in college when I was touring with different Broadway shows or gospel shows around the United States of America or around Europe and Scandinavia or I talked to my mother and father every day. They were my support. They were my compass. They were my unconditional love. They were my home. And when my father passed, it was huge. I thought I was going to stop singing. I thought I was going to stay home and take care of my mother. But the kind of mother I have, (laughs) because I must believe and I do believe and I do know that even though she is not here physically with me, she is here in a different form, a form that is timeless, never changing. She still holds space in my heart, in my mind, and in actual spiritual space 
But I tell you, the person that I could call my mom and say good morning and just to hear her voice on the other line gave me life. (laughs) Even the last five years when she had she was diagnosed with borderline dementia and you could physically hear it she still gave me life She never forgot my name. She never forgot my children's name or my husband's name. She knew me. Heart to heart. Soul to soul. Flesh and bone. And blood. She. Loved me. And still loves me. Like, no one will ever be able to love me. And there's something about that connection that gave me a confidence. Not that she was making decisions for me. She gave counsel. She gave advice. She was wise. What she would always say is, take it to God in prayer. Pray about it. Pray. But still, I felt that I was armed with the power of my mother's belief. In me. And that. That belief always. Still held the power of my father. Because she made sure. That nobody was going to forget him. And the kind of man. That he was. A man of integrity. A man of. Dignity and poise. And character. I was blessed to be born to parents that no matter what trials and tribulations they had gone through or were going through, they pressed on with heads held high. They had a smile on their face. They were giving and generous time and time and time again to people who had much and to people who had little. They gave. They were the first 
people of color in their neighborhood in 1968 in Florida. And they won everyone over because of their character. Because of their love for people. Their love for God. Their love for their family. Their love. A life. They. You know how people say, you know, cut from that cloth. I don't know if there is any more cloth left from which they were cut. You are talking about a lineage of people who were strong and resilient and persistent and hardworking survivors, seekers, and now, even a year and a half later, I am still feeling like I need my mom and my dad. Because the situations that come up in life, the people that say things that I'm appalled and baffled by the aggressiveness, the passive aggressiveness, the unkind words, the lack of restraint, the selfishness, the guilt trips, That my mother and father did not pull. Now, yes, you know, my mother might <laughs> might have felt a certain way, but she told you exactly how she felt. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't trip you out. She was straightforward. You didn't have to wonder. She told you. (laughs) Oh, that's what Mama did. It's a kind of... Awakening, you know, you are never prepared. 
there's no way to be prepared. I mean, I I was going to visit my mom. I was working. I was going to visit my mom with my family. And I had chosen these dates to get off from work and just felt like that was it. And was going home to, to kiki and laugh and have good time and good memories with my mom where I didn't have to do anything with the house or do anything that I could really just stay and spend time with her. And do you know, it was the night before I was packing. (laughs) I was packing my kids' clothes and my clothes, my husband's clothes, and I got a message from one of the nurses and they said that she was in ICU and I called my brother I called two of my brothers and I called one niece and they were on it and because I live in a different state And I had them FaceTime me once they were there. And mom was truly out of it. She was out of it. And I had to tell her, mom, hold on. Hold on, I'm coming. Because I didn't even tell her the day that I was coming. Because she would have forgotten. You know. (laughs) Um, She might have put it on the calendar and then. But I got there, got off the plane, got a rent a car, went straight to the hospital. And my mother was awake. She was, she was talking to the people around. She was laughing. And she saw me and she saw my kids. And she told me, I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord. And I said, oh, mom, look, you're doing fine. You are doing so much better. You are talking, you're laughing. You don't have to go now. You don't have to go now. And um, she gave me this look. This She gave me that look. I'm sure everybody who's close with their mother knows that look that I'm talking about. That look that says, now look at here. <laughs> I done said what I said and I mean what I said. And you better listen. And... Two days went by and my mother left her earthly body. And it was me and my brother. 
in the room. Me and my, the, the closest brother to me, the closest in age brother to me. And it's just hard. It's hard because, you know, I'm the youngest child and the only daughter. And I had power of attorney and... You know, doctors are saying this and they're saying that. And I'm looking through the will, through that, and trying to make sure that I do exactly what my mother wants me to do. Which is hard also because people who don't have the relationship that I had with my mom don't understand that when someone that you love has laid it out, for you of what you're supposed to do and you respect that person so much and you love that person so much that you are going to do exactly what they tell you to do and people on the outside will not understand people on the other side will criticize and that's what happened i was criticized I was talked bad about, but I did what my mother wanted. I mean, a year before she passed, she made me take her to the funeral home that she wanted to go to. It was the same one that my that had handled my father's final arrangements. And it was me and my husband and my um, my eldest child. And I guess I was pregnant with the other one. <laughs> was she, was she, did I have her? I guess I had both of them. Yep, I had them both. She was, she had just been born, actually. And I had taken her down. Yeah, my child, my second one, I got her down there when she was maybe about three months old. And um, Mama had it. She knew she had her money. She knew she wanted to be cremated like my father. She knew that she did not want a service. <laughs> she said if nobody, if people didn't come to see her when she was alive, she didn't want them looking over her dead body. She wanted her remains and my dad's remains to be put together and spread in the Gulf of Mexico where we had spent so many sunsets. That's something that my mom and my dad and I would do. We lived in Florida and we lived on the West Coast and we lived very close to the water and we would go to the beach before sunset and we would walk and I loved looking at the sunset and I 
we all just felt free to walk and do our be alone and walk or walk hand in hand and watch the sunset and hear the waves and the peace and the quiet to be on a beach that I think when they first moved there they weren't even allowed to be on because they were people of color and they that's what they wanted my dad wanted it too when he was alive that they were to be cremated and be put out of the water so yeah I did that with the help of my husband I was able to do that to get the boat and go out three nautical miles and spread their ashes let their ashes go even though that's just their ashes I know their spirit lives on but that's what they wanted people got mad because and talked and talked and I know they talked and I had to shut off part of me so not to be hurt by these people who obviously didn't care anything about me because if they did they would have understood that hey I am the youngest the only girl my parents were the only thing I had really the only people I could depend on and yes throughout the years my parents were like now Rose you go ahead. So-and-so needs something. Give it to him. And I did. And that was my duty. And I felt fine with that. I wanted from a very young age to. To make my parents' lives easier. Because I respected them. And I honored them. And they had just showered me with so much love we didn't have a lot of money but I was so rich in the amount of love that they gave me true love true love love is patient love is kind love is free from jealousy envy or pride Love's not selfish, love's not rude, not quick to anger, things only good. Love's not resentful or loud. Whatever wrongs of love keeps no account. Love rejoices in the truth. Love sees beauty within you. Love always protects. Love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres, love never fails, love never fails, love never fails. Well, thank you for going on this emotional memory with me I 
have a lot to say, a lot to release. My mother, like I said, told me on a Tuesday that she wanted to go home to be with the Lord. On a Thursday, she was gone. On a Friday, I was at the the funeral home. On a Sunday, I was back on a plane with my family going back to New Jersey. And on Tuesday, I was back at work singing. When you walk through a storm, (laughs) hold your head up high. And don't be afraid of the dark. (laughs) That's a song that I sang to my mother too. I used to always sing to my mother. Knowing that, you know, she wanted to hear my voice. She wanted to hear my voice. Even when I didn't think I had a voice. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And like there are these. Because my mother ended up in hospice. Thankfully, my god sister kind of took over that. Because at a point, I, I just was a was just like, okay, this is happening, and I just wanted to be with her, my mom, and, you know, hospice is really good, where they, they offer you, um, grief support, and therapy, but I do, young children who needed me, Two young children who you can't even, who aren't even old enough for me to explain to them where their grandmother has gone. (laughs) Or to explain to them why their mother is so sad. And lost. (sighs) They still need their... Their meals, they still need a diaper change. They still needed to go to, you know, the little preschool. They still needed to feel like everything was normal. Like nothing had changed because they're children. They... Deserved that, and my mom most definitely. She said to me, she started to reiterate to me in those last years that, Vizina, you take care of yourself. Don't be like me, where you take care of everybody else. And you put everybody else's needs and feelings before you, you know, trying to be Christ-like. 
She told me, Rosina, you take care of you. And you take care of my girls. And when she said my girls, she meant my my children. And three months after my mom went home to be with the Lord, the only other person who could still talk, who wasn't, you know, and who I trusted and who really loved me and showed me throughout my life that they cared for me in action and in words. My favorite uncle, my closest uncle. right now yes in my 40s with two children and a husband and I've traveled and I've done Broadway shows and I've met presidents and I am feeling like when other people I can see now when people are just looking out for themselves and they're not seeing me. And the biggest duty and privilege that I have is to be a mother to two lovely young girls. And I have to stand up for myself and my emotional well-being in a very challenging time that I am determined and to see. And I know that God has me and that my mother and my father have me and I will do what I need to do and I am more than equipped to do all that I am called to do and a part of that is standing up for myself and that's I tell you somebody told me you don't really truly grow up until you've lost your mother and of course my mom's not lost but you know until Until you no longer have your mother physically here. And I see it. I feel it. Excuse me. Excuse me. (laughs) I look just like my mom and... The older I get, I I even feel like like I blow my nose like her, or I like clear my throat like my mom. 
I sound like my mom. I do these different things like her. And I'm grateful, you know, that she lives through me physically. She lives through me and that traditions and I'll continue to tell you more and more about my mom and her. (laughs) She was quite a lady. She could cook. I mean, she could cook and bake and sew. She seemed to have it all together. Organized and tall, statuesque, beautiful, elegant. (sighs) A woman of integrity, of character, of poise. All right, now. I am going to sign out right now (laughs) because my kids have gone to sleep and I've chosen to go straight and make this podcast. (laughs) You are listening to Rosina Hill. Jackson. And with a motto of together, live life better. And if you're going through what I am going through, then I must tell you to Hold on for a better day. Pressed on to another day. Hold your head up high or hold your head low (laughs) and cry. Be good to yourself. Stand up for yourself because you are worth it. You are enough. And even though these are times that we might not be able to see clearly through a fog some days, and some days we are really seeing the sunshine. As my closest brother says, Rose, you've got to take the good with the not so good. (laughs) And we've got to trust and have faith that all is well in the tears in the happiness, in the fears, in the new uh, growing experiences, in the new newness, all is well. And you are not alone. I am not alone. There are 
billions of people out there and we are all connected somehow. And even though I feel very lonely at times because that one last thing that I knew might not be what it used to be. She's still with me. Daddy's still with me. My uncle is still with me. My aunts are still with me. They're with me in the words of wisdom that they spoke. They're with me in the love that they gave. And me still feeling their warm embrace. Seeing their smiles and hearing their laughter. Hearing their voice of song and their prayers. They still are. They have not gone away. So, good night. Until the next time.